This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Good evening. I'm Maureen McGrath, a registered nurse in the field of sexual health, author of the book Sex and Health, Why One Can't Come Without the Other, researcher, blogger, clinician, TEDx speaker, and your resource to help start that conversation, answer your questions, and help you discover new and exciting things about sex and health. Here on the Sunday Night Sex Show on CKNW, I make no innuendos, no judgments, and certainly no apologies. Just fearless, straight up talk about sex, love, relationships, health, your body. Let's hope for you it will be illuminating, educational, get you thinking outside of the box and have a little fun while you're at it. So please stay with me. There are words, topics, sentiments that may trigger something for those of you who've experienced sexual abuse. Sexual abuse, any unwanted sexual advances, pedophilia and rape are wrong and criminal in some cases. Of course, for those of you who've been sexually abused, you are never far from my heart. And I wish you all the best on your healing journey. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks so much for getting back in the saddle with me. Hello, Andrew. Welcome to the program. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm okay. Happy New Year. Oh, thank you so much. You had a nice holiday? Yeah, it, was, it was quiet. Uh, it was quiet. It was like a good quiet. Quiet's always, always good. Except for the working on Christmas and New Year's Day. <laughs> what but. is quiet? Yeah, that's not... <laughs> I mean, that's no the job fun. itself was quiet, so... Yeah, you know what? I was off, I have to say, um, but I was busy. I couldn't believe it. You know, so many people emailed me over the holidays. Some people emailed me on New Year's Eve. Now, I'm not, I don't like to judge anybody, but, you know, it's enough said about them. But what does that say about me? <laughs> that they think I'm available on New Year's Eve. And so whether I was or not, <laughs> I was not answering those New Year's Eve emails Good and call. questions and requests for appointments. So um, so nobody's even faking being in the perfect relationship anymore. Here it is, the holidays, <laughs> at, when you're supposed to all be merry and bright and, uh, and f- at least fake it, but uh, no. So it was interesting. But, uh, you know, I had a great uh, holiday season. Hopefully you did as well. Mm-hmm. I, I I wouldn't say mine was quiet. Nothing's ever quiet in my life. But <laughs> <laughs> I did get back on the boards this Christmas season. I, I, yeah, I went skiing for the first time in a couple of years. How was that? It was fantastic, actually. The snow was amazing. And, you know, I was a little bit nervous, to be honest with you, because we hadn't had great weather one season. And I can't, I, mean, I think I had an injury another season. So I, I've been out. So slapped them back on and there I went. And uh, yeah, it was great. So glad to do that. Did a little hiking, a little swimming. Got some great Christmas presents. You uh, did a lot of everything. Hey, I did. You know, I, I like to shake it up. I like variety. That's I awesome. like to mix it up. Variety <laughs> is the spice of life. Variety is certainly the spice of life. And uh, we have a little variety on this program every Sunday night. Thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate you being here. If you if you miss the show, that's a free download on iTunes. So you can go to uh, iTunes and CKNW, Maureen McGrath, or the Sunday Night Sex Show. Uh, but we have some variety. We have a varied amount of subjects tonight, and uh, everything from one end of the spectrum to the other. Did you make some New Year's resolutions? Is the first thing everybody does. One of the most popular ones, besides, I'm going to lose weight, which I'm going to lose weight, but that's not one of my New Year's resolutions because I gained weight during the holidays. Uh, who doesn't? As you said earlier, Andrew. But uh, one of them is that people. Uh, stop drinking for the month of January when they really should stop drinking for the entire year. But that's another story. Um, but I don't like to make New Year's resolutions. I do make some goals or objectives, but it's mainly around things like I'm going to have a dinner party. I owe dinner to these six people. Uh, it's probably I owe dinner to these 37 people. But anyway, <laughs> more like it, maybe 100. 
um, or getting together with somebody in particular. Or one year I, I made a New Year's resolution that I was having my surgery that year, and I did. I nearly died, but I did. Um, so I won't be making that one anytime soon. But uh, instead of resolutions, I create rules for New Year's. And I'm going to share some of those rules with you uh, tonight. Rules to live by that might help you to be happier with yourself and also in your relationship. So I'll be talking about that a little bit. Also going to be talking about consensual non-monogamy, CNM. I have a lovely woman who's joining me tonight on the program at around 8.30. Diana's going to share her journey of the lifestyle, elopement, uh, monogamy and non-monogamy. And you might be surprised at how everything ended up. We're, so holidays are over. Hopefully uh, the hangover is gone by now. But we, we do have this sort of hangover from the holidays, from the shopping, the parties, the gifts, the the food, the drink, the whole thing. Um, and uh, But... There are some things you should have done, perhaps, on New Year's Day when the hangover might have been the worst. So I'm going to share with you what that was and uh, why you should do it. (laughs) Okay, this doesn't sound good, but I'm hoping everybody has put the kitties to bed. Did I actually say that? Put the kitties to bed? I didn't. So it's time now. Put the children to bed. Grab your wine, unless you are uh, going sober for the month of January. And your lover, if you have one. And uh, carry on. We're talking a little bit more. We're talking about uh, psychopaths, just like the news is talking about psychopaths. But do you ever notice what they drink? A little bit later on in the program, I'm going to put out a call for, who got the lines open there, Andrew? They're open. Okay, fantastic. Uh, So I'm going to have a little contest, start out the new year with a bang. Uh, And uh, so the contest is going to be, Uh, I don't want to tell you now because you can probably Google it and get it. So I'm not going to tell you, but uh, I have a little contest and I have a great prize for you. In case you didn't get what you wanted for Christmas, I'm going to give one out here on the program tonight. And you know what that is. So um, the good news is fewer kids are having sex and uh, you'll never guess why. And they're also engaging in less dangerous behaviors. So that's a good thing. Uh, it's important to talk about sex with your children. I did have somebody from Australia email me to, uh, over the holidays. Uh, she has an 18-month-old. She's wondering, when is it too early to begin? I don't think the child is talking yet, but I'm going to address that email and other emails as well for you tonight, a little bit later on in the program. I got so many emails over the holidays. I couldn't believe it. Um, probably people are off and they have some time and they decide they're going to address these issues in their relationships. So that's probably why. But thanks so much. I really appreciate your emails. You can email me at sextalk at cknw.com. You can also go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca, and that uh, has a contact form. So you can email me there as well. I do Skype consults also. I did a ton of Skype consult- consults in between kind of being off over Christmas, and I have a bunch coming up this week. So um, I do. I use a platform that is uh, for privacy and confidentiality called VC. And uh, so otherwise, I have a clinical practice as well in North Vancouver. So if you have issues in your relationship or um, like the patient I saw this week who was, um, you know, he's having an extramarital affair, and this question was like, now what? It's uh, <laughs> It was such a mess. Uh, you know, he's Aaron is dirty laundry. But you can go to my blog, Fifty Shades of Pink, to read about that if you like. Also going to be talking about... Uh, 
A, a new drug, a new drug that people are becoming addicted to. And I have a couple who's going to join me in the studio a little bit later on in the program, about 845. We're going to be talking about the new drug that is online porn. How is it that one woman could marry two men with the same addiction? So both of them are going to share their story. I'm very inspired by them, and I look forward to talking to them. Also, estrangement is especially popular on the holidays. You're saying to people, you know, hey, how are you doing? You know, are you going home for Christmas? Well, no, I don't really talk to my parents or whatever. Or my parents prefer my sister because we had a fight and they prefer her, so I'm estranged from them. Or I don't like my daughter's husband, and so therefore we are not having Christmas dinner together. And so there are so many ways that families can become estranged, and it's becoming more and more popular. It's a... It's yet another secret shame. Are you estranged from a family member? Can you snuff someone out of your life? I was actually really disturbed this Christmas I, about somebody who'd been snuffed out of somebody else's life, somebody who was extremely important to that person. And I'll tell you that story a little bit later on in the program. Uh, so do stay with me. If you have any questions at all, the number to call is 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Ask me anything. I am Maureen McGrath, the sex expert. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you as I do live every Sunday night for two hours from 8 to 10 p.m. here in the beautiful downtown studios. That is CKNW. little miserable day today, was it not? It was dark and cold and rainy and wet. Perfect for a little lovin'. Uh, so did you make some New Year's resolutions this year? I, as I said, I typically never make them, but according to U.S. News, approximately 80% of New Year's resolutions fail by the second week of February. So the odds are basically stacked against you. I say out with the old, in with the new, and that is a new approach. So I would like you to make resolutions a thing of the past and try my rules instead, okay? <laughs> Don't get nervous now. This is, I've learned this from you, okay? When, I, when people come into my clinical practice, they often will say to me, can you help me? Can you help us? You know, can you fix this for us? And I always respond with, I can help you help you. So in other words, rule number one, no one can help you. Only you can help you. Nobody's going to do the hard work. You're the one that is going to have to do the hard work. So I can provide you with recommendations based on uh, scientific evidence, clinical trends, or, or my experience in my clinical practice. However, it is up to you to actually take, dare I say, the good advice. Good advice from anybody. It's not just me. But, you know, I am a person who takes good advice. I I can quickly surmise whether it is good advice or not, especially if somebody it's somebody who cares about me or wants me to succeed. So you've got to be able to take good advice. A lot of people can't do that. A lot of people with addiction issues can't do that. They have to be the CEOs, the managers, the control freaks of life and their relationships. So the other thing is like excess weight, for example. That's a biggie. Everybody is going to lose weight at the beginning of the year. But in order to lose weight, you have to change your mindset. It's not a diet that you're going on because that says deprivation. It's a lifestyle change. You need to, it's what goes in your mouth, not how much um, food you're, I mean, how much exercise you're doing. It's what you're taking in. So you really need to eat a, a, a healthy diet. 
you know, lower calories, low glycemic index, carbohydrates at a minimum, elimination of alcohol, and, you know, a little bit of exercise, not too much. So the 80-20 rule really applies there. Many people are so afraid, I notice in my clinical practice, to actually stand on the scale at the beginning of the year. But who cares? Nobody's going to see that number except for you. I've actually had patients say to me, you can weigh me. You can write the number down, but don't tell me what the number is. But you know what? You have to face reality. You have to know uh, your what your number is. And it's just a number. And everybody's muscles and bones and height and everything, there's so many factors that come into play. So the number doesn't matter. What matters is that you trend in the downward motion. Okay? I like that, trending in the downward motion. Um, so that is something that you need to remember. No one can help you. It is up to you to change your life. If you're unhappy about something, body image is huge as it relates to sexuality, sensuality, your relationships. And so also, if your partner says to you, listen, you got a punch. <laughs> I'm not attracted to that. I don't like the fact that you don't take health seriously. That's a turnoff for me. You got to listen to that. If you want more sex, make sure you're healthy. I believe that contributes to a better uh, relationship. And I've heard that a lot from lots of patients of mine, especially if health matters to one in the relationship. So you can't disregard your health. You know, if you love yourself, have respect for yourself, you need to appreciate your tomb. And uh, it's it's very important. And that also equates to a healthier mood. You know, you feel better about yourself. You feel sexier. You feel like you look good. You you can It will actually be more arousing for you and the person that you're in the relationship with or somebody that you want to meet. Maybe you haven't met them yet, but you will if you are somebody who actually cares about yourself. And that resonates with people. Rule number two, stop blaming others. This is the other thing that happens all the time in my clinical practice. I, they come in, especially a couple... They'll come in together and they will say, she does this, she does that, she never has sex with me, she does this, I make the advances, she doesn't want to have sex. Uh, and then she will say, you know, he's yelling at me all the time, He's uh, he's got an anger issue, he drinks too much, he uh, doesn't take care of the kids like I do, he doesn't help with the housework. Um, you know, so it's always about what the other person doesn't do. And so I say to the patients in my clinical practice, who, you know, they're, they're loquacious when they're verbose. They are, they've got the gift of the gab when they are talking about the problems in their relationship, especially when they feel that they want to put all the blame on their partner. So then I say, we have an hour. I let them blast off a little bit. And then I say, we only have an hour. And from, or henceforth, look at yourself. Tell me how you have contributed to the demise of your relationship. Silence. So people have such a difficult time looking at themselves. But your best gift in 2018 is a mirror. Take a look at yourself. Take a look at how you contribute to the situation and make steps, take steps to change that. And believe you me, things will be better. Talk about change. Rule number three, you can't change anyone. You can only change yourself. I cannot tell you how often I hear statements like, I thought I could talk him into having babies once we got married. I thought he would stop drinking once we had children. I thought he would stop cheating, even though I met him because as a result of an extramarital affair. So you're never going to change somebody else. You just have to change yourself. Are these things you'll tolerate? Are these things that you'll put up with? Are these things that uh, you want in your relationship, in your marriage? What made you think you could change somebody after the wedding? Why would you want to be with somebody who did not share your goals? You need to look at yourself and say, 
Why would I do that? Do I have a control issue? Do I uh, have unhealthy power over somebody else? What else must you control in someone else's life? And the biggest question is, why do you stay? Is it that some things are as good as you feel they're going to get? Is it too late, too far down the road? Do you believe you deserve happiness in life? I can tell you that you definitely deserve happiness in life, but you must believe. So you'll never, ever, ever be able to get somebody to do something if it doesn't matter to them, and that's ultimately the point. So don't settle. You teach others how to treat you, and you can help yourself, and there are many different ways. Only you can control you. Be true to yourself. Walk away if you have to. They will survive. Somebody may hit rock bottom, which is often what it takes to actually shake up a relationship and make things get better. But keep in mind, it uh, perfection is a myth. Authenticity isn't. Be yourself. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. Thank you so much for being here with me this evening. It's always my pleasure to be here with you. There's uh, lots of subjects we're talking about on the program, if it's the first time you're visiting here with me. One of those subjects that uh, is on the rise, especially if we listen to Google, and a lot of us do, is consensual non-monogamy. We're seeing lots more Google searches for polyamory and open relationships. And we also have shows like You, Me, Her to Polyamory, Married and Dating. And so although we have this interest in sexually open relationships surging, people actually, we still have to wonder just how many of us are willing to consider opening up our relationships anyhow. And so there was a new study published in the Archives of Sexual Behavior that has shed some interesting light on these questions. So the University of Tennessee surveyed 549 college-age adults about their willingness to practice consensual non-monogamy. And that is defined as being in a relationship in which individuals agree that it's okay to go on dates with, have sex with, and pursue romantic attractions with other partners. And the participants in the study were asked to explain in their own words how willing they would be to have this type of a relationship and why. It may not surprise you to learn that most participants, 79%, were not willing to explore consensual non-monogamy or CNM at all. And the remaining 21% were split between those who said they were on board with the idea, about 13%, and those who said they were open-minded but weren't really 100% that they would actually do it. That was about 8%. And so we wonder why it is that people would do this. So we realize that most people won't, and there are a number of reasons that people won't do it. One is that a lot of people don't believe, according to this research study, that monogamy is, a lot of people believe that monogamy is normal and natural, and that all relationships should be monogamous. Some people say they couldn't engage in a non-monogamous relationship or a consensual non-monogamous relationship because they were jealous types. They were needy, possessive, and insecure. Others saw consensual non-monogamy as offensive and disrespectful. And for many, it goes against religious beliefs. Now, those who did believe, including my guest who's going to be on the line and waiting to talk to us, uh, those who did believe in CNM did not believe in the concept of monogamy, or they were willing to try non-monogamy as long as certain conditions were met. Uh, 
And so they wanted to do these things under certain conditions, like they wanted to ensure physical or emotional safety precautions were in place. Uh, and so they wanted to know that their partner was safe, for example. And so they wanted to make sure that the person that, that, that their partner was with was also uh, okay as well. So for some, it wasn't exactly what they wanted, but if their partner wanted it and it made it ensured that they would remain in the relationship or make their relationship better, they were willing to give it a try. Very interesting. Uh, so they, the results are interesting because they, they tell us that despite the growing interest in open relationships and polyamory, which is what we hear, we're hearing a lot about it, the vast majority of people are not willing to give CNM a whirl. Well, Diane was, and she's going to share her journey with us. She's on the line right now. Hello, Diane. Hi. How are you this evening? I'm great. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Congratulations on your elopement, another subject we don't hear too much about. (laughs) But you got married recently. Yes, yes, Yes. thank you. Not your first marriage? No, it wasn't. Nor was it his. Sorry, what's that? I said nor was it his first. Nor was it his. You know, Yes, right. Okay. So you're familiar with this concept of consensual non-monogamy, and you've gone down this pathway in the past. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Why did you choose to do uh, to go with consensual non-monogamy in your relationship? And I'm assuming it was your past relationship. It's my current relationship. Ooh. Actually, the person I'm married to. Yes, yes, it's I know. It's the current <laughs> relationship. Now the it's show just current. got a bit hotter. The current relationship, that's right. Okay. Well, early in our relationship, and like I said, we both had been married before, and I remember um, at some point in one of my past relationships thinking, okay, if this is not it, then what is it? Do I Is there really that person out there that I can connect with and spend the rest of my life with, having a wonderful life with this person, growing together? And I was discouraged. You know, um, after relationship after relationship failed. And so, you know, okay, here comes this new relationship, and we seem to really hit it off, and we both had similar backgrounds. And we thought, okay, we really care about one another, but, hey, there's this thing that he was always, always curious about and I was always curious about. And um, <clears throat> and that was consensual non-monogamy. And that was consensual non-monogamy. Okay. I didn't uh, have that medical type term to refer to it by but people know it as swinging that's what or the lifestyle or or the lifestyle Mm -hmm. you know and um so or in excuse me or in the state of georgia they're called um they are called oh shoot i want to say apple pie parties but that's not what it is there's another name for them anyway and the, the name escapes me go ahead sorry Okay, so yeah, so swinging, and they, and there's so many levels of this, you know. So we're, you know, I'm looking at this for the first time because I've known about it. I had known about it, and I always been I considered myself a, a sexually open person, but grew up in a, like a Christian household. You know, there's just certain things just go, you just don't go there, you know, because of how our, you know, how we're socialized, you know, to just view sex. So to it's like this taboo. And so I was just finally at this point in my life, I'm like, okay. And he was interested in it. And so we looked at how we wanted to approach it. So like you mentioned in your introduction, you know, there's so many ways and there's some rules that you can follow, 
you know, and as you meet people and engage with them, you realize that there's so many different ways to approach swinging. And did you have rules? We did have rules. What were your rules? So our rules were basically this. Now, the rules changed over a course of 24 months or so. But we started out with a certain set of rules and a certain perception or idea of what this was, you know, and that was we were going to always do it together. Um, we were kind of on the fence of whether, you know, it would be couples or involving just another single person. So it would be like a three person's situation. Mm-hmm. When um, it's couples, may I, ask you, may I ask you a question? Sorry, when it's couples, how does that work? Is it that you switch off? It's casserole parties, yeah. by the way, in Georgia. Well, they have casserole parties. Right. They're like key parties. Yeah, so that can go. It, it depends on the rules and wh- wh- what people are looking for. It's like, it's really like dating. And so, so websites are used to to find people, or you can go to clubs or go to a party. And there's places where you can find these advertised and know where to go. Um, but it depends, and that's where that that you know initial conversation or communication is like, okay, what are you looking for? We had an idea of what we were looking for, which was same room. We were on the fence about whether we would want to do it in separate rooms at in the beginning. And then... Um, so you're both I, doing I, it in the same room with someone else's partner at the same time. Right. Okay, same just want to get a visual. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you're interacting with... I mean, every everyone is interacting together. Um, men are not. Men are usually okay. No, women, if women want to interact, if women want to interact with one another, with one another's partners, um, and then the, the swap. And then some people are like full swap, which means you're going to, I mean, the whole everything, penetration, everything. Some people are soft swap. There's all these terms. Mm-hmm. They're okay. They'll kiss. They may engage in oral activities, but they won't go all the way. You know, mm-hmm. um, some, some, Couples, the man just watches, you know, or the woman just watches, or, I mean, it's, there's... Because that can be arousing for that person. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, 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 yes. I mean, I've I've been, you know, in situations where the man was literally just watching her things and, and watching her enjoy three men, you know, at a time. Well, you know, simul- simultaneously. Well, <laughs> and, then, and and you know, so for us, you know, I mean, so there are all kinds of levels. We we would oftentimes just go to places and just watch. And why did your rules change? And, and, well, rules changed for. <laughs> um, let's see. You know, uh, someone's curious about doing things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. You know, on a different level. You know, hey, uh, what about us? Like going on different locations. Mm-hmm. Not just same room or separate rooms in the same house or separate right. rooms in the same building, but you're here and I'm like an hour away. You know, I have, you know, and make a date with someone and we, we're playing now separately, okay. not together. Now, did jealousy enter into this at all? Were I, did either one of, of you become course. jealous? Of course. I'm going to say I cannot speak for him. Um, I'm going to speak for myself, but I know that I have observed jealous behaviors in him yes um on occasion and i'm gonna say on occasion of different you know scenarios uh but and and i definitely and i always own that because oftentimes when you read profiles people will say no drama 
no jealousy. We're not jealous, no drama. I'm thinking, okay, you're having sex with, you are sharing the person you quote unquote love. It is drama. Relationship with. You cannot avoid drama. That's right. And so when, and then when people get upset with me because I'm always the outspoken one, you know, and I'm calling people on bull. Excuse me, I don't know if I can like say bad words, but anyway, bull, you know, BS. You can say bull, yeah, that you can't say okay, the bull. other half. Okay, all right. <laughs> I got to remember, you know, what's going on here. Um, then, you know, then it's like, okay, you, you drama. I'm like, well, what do you expect? You just ruined my bed. Right. What now, you know what I'm saying? Yes. So the rules changed over a couple of years. And fast forward to today and that you've gotten married. Did you still engage in the lifestyle? No. No. And no. what, what um, changed no. your mind? What, what ended that for you? Okay, I will tell you what ended that, and it was it's a process. I think I, at some point in that, I realized that it wasn't what I thought. I mean, I experienced it, now I knew, and it did not really fulfill anything in me, mm-hmm. that it wasn't a good fit for my personality. I enjoy intimacy and a connection and, and, and how that energizes the sexual part you know, the trust, the commitment, and just living together. And and when I felt like it was diluting what we had, right? and it was not adding to us, it was not making us stronger. In fact, it was, it was we were uh, opening up ourselves to some things that, that could be potentially very harmful. Right. And was, is your husband on board too? Yes. He's, he, it I, didn't fulfill him either? No, no. Okay. No, now men are a little bit different, you know. You think? Um, um, when it comes to that, because and then I think part of it is he knows that's what I want. If I would say, if I would say today, hey, right. try that again, he would be like, okay, exactly. Because he making that separation was for him was easier than it was for me. Of you course, um, but but definitely. We got to the point in the relationship where I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do that. Now, if you want to do that, you do that. But that's not what I want anymore. It doesn't fulfill me. Right. Um, I'm happy right here. Um, if you ever, if if that's the life you want, just let me know. I'll, I won't ever get in the way of you living the life you want to live. Right. And would um, you stay if married you want- if he wanted to go back to consent? Well, it would be, it would, I guess, be non-consensual, non-monogamy. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, if I don't know. Yeah, you'd I have to make that. That's that that's question. another agreement. I can't. I can't. I, you know what? I don't even think he would ask. Yeah. Um, because he he basically is like, you know, look, if this isn't what you want, that's fine with me. I'm I'm happy. Right. Well, you thank you. Whatever whatever you want, whatever you want. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. And it could be another segment. Well, Diane, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story of consensual non-monogamy with me and the listeners. And uh, And here's to a blessed and loving marriage. Thank you. I'm you, looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, enjoy. You're welcome. Take care. I'm Maureen McGrath, and you are listening to The Sunday. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. It's been called a health crisis in the state of Pennsylvania. You may or may not realize just how damaging looking at high-speed online porn is. Porn addiction occurs when the person viewing pornography with or without masturbation loses control over whether or not he or she will engage in that behavior.
Porn addicts look at and use porn compulsively in spite of many negative consequences that may include an inability to form lasting social and intimate romantic relationships, intense feelings of depression, shame, and isolation, disintegration of relationships with family, friends, and romantic partners, loss of many hours in a day, sometimes entire days, sometimes several days to porn use. They can have financial issues, legal issues, trouble at work. Porn use is often combined with drug and alcohol abuse. Many may suffer physical injury as a result of compulsive masturbation. Sexual dysfunction with real-world partners, including erectile dysfunction, delayed ejaculation, and an ability to reach orgasm are all common. In the studio joining me right now is a couple who is dealing with this at this moment. They are married. Welcome to the studio, Victoria and Sam. Hi, welcome. Thank you for having us. Well, thanks for coming in. Really appreciate this. This is a very tough tough subject. I'd like to start with you uh, first, Victoria, if you don't mind. Uh, this is common and becoming increasingly common because of the high-speed online porn and the access to it that a lot of people have grown up with. I will also say that this is your, it is notable that it, this is your second marriage and your second husband who has experienced porn addiction, this uh, a form of sex addiction. Can you tell me a little bit about the experience for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my first marriage was, for the first few years, was great, of course. We got married very young. We were very in love. And after a few years, there's starting to be a little bit of a disconnect, a little bit of... Um, just basically problems with communicating all those issues with appreciation. And I've always felt not good enough, not appreciated. And I've always picked up on my ex-husband's constant feel of guilt and shame or hiding something. And, And I just knew I had that feeling that intuition was telling me. And, um, you know, after probably four and a half years of marriage, he told me that there's a couple of secrets that he has and he's been holding and withholding. And one of them is that he watches porn. And at that time, you know, I didn't know much about it. It was over, over four years ago. Now I didn't know much about it. There was not a lot of research, a lot of research actually coming out now in past two, three years. So, you know, I knew it was something that um, was just not good. I didn't feel good about it. And as time went by, I started learning more and more and more and more. And, you know, I've I've been never, it's never been on my radar. I've never been interested in watching it myself. So I never read up about it, anything like that. Up until actually a year, year ago, I started really researching it because I was really curious talking conversation, having conversation with my ex-husband, you know, and he said, you know, the shame, the guilt that was there, the secret, the secrecy really was damaging for us and I can tell right away that that definitely contributed to end of our marriage and uh, it must have been very hard for you at that age a lot of people watch porn uh, today but it can become a problem for for some and this is in fact the uh, the new drug Mm -hmm. I mean there's uh, it's it's a new fight that we have uh, for a new drug here in society Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm I'm 
very grateful for you for sharing your story. And we're going to delve into it a, a little bit more. And we're actually going to talk to Sam, your Absolutely. current <laughs> husband, your new husband, yes. who also has uh, suffered the pain and the shame of a, sex, of a porn addiction. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's going to be sharing our story when we come back in the second hour of the program. I am Maureen McGrath, and you are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on CKNW. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.